Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, and I'm excited for today's show. But before we get into that, let's tell you how you can participate with us. As usual, you can reach out to us on socials. That's uh, Road to Damascus. That's Road to Number Two Damascus on Instagram as well as Twitter. Or you can uh, send us an email with any questions, feedback, or conversations you would like for us to have. That's Road to Damascus, Road to Number Two Damascus at iCloud.com. Come on and participate. We'd love to hear from you guys. Now let's start the show. Got some exciting news. Some exciting news. Exciting news. Guess who's back? Guess who's Bazak? <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, Stefan. Say what's up to the people, State. Steph, say what's up to what the up, people. What up? He's back by popular demand, you know. He had his little HGTV appearance and he didn't big big time in us. You know what I'm saying? He had a rider that we had to reach for him to come back to the studio. You know, he wanted all green M&M's, banana no, bread. Don't listen to this, man. Boss do water. Not, do not listen to this, man. I'm still in here drinking the Kroger brand. <laughs> and, of course, everybody's favorite returning champion, the sage one, the rabbi. I am but a simple Padawan, and she is the Jedi warrior. Say what's up to him, Rabbi. How you doing, Rabbi Shonda? What's up, everybody? Man. I love these intros. Oh, I, well, you know, I got to keep it spicy. Got to keep it spicy. Unfortunately, uh, Lauren isn't with us today, but we're going to keep this ship going. We're going to keep it going. How's everybody doing today? I need coffee. <laughs> Coffee would definitely be good. Yeah, see, they're coffee people. So, and this is a, we record in the morning. So, this is, I don't know how Shonda might not have the quips and quirks and yeah, one liners today. And Stefan computer might, <laughs> the motor might sure. be moving a little slow. For sure. I think when they came with that song, they definitely had a coffee machine. It's time for the percolator. It's time for the percolator. <laughs> Somebody wanted some coffee. Right. Coffee is a ministry. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I'm I'm glad to have this trio back. I missed us being together. I mean, me and Shonda been having fun, but I missed us being together. And I'll be glad when Lolo can join us as well. So on to the topic. Um, I had saw this come across somebody's um, social media, and it had uh, was talking about the church being censored. Now, when I bring up censorship, I just want to make this caveat that I'm talking about Western church. Because I know churches in other countries, China, things like that, those are very much censored and oh, yeah. what they can say and what they can do. So I want to when I talk, I can only talk from the experience of that I've lived and that I know. And I know the church is a whole body, but I'm talking about the body that resides in the West. And when we talk about censorship. So my question to you guys today is, do you all believe that? The church is being censored. Do you believe that censorship exists or is it just us building a straw man? Um, we'll get to the straw man part later, but um, I'll start with uh, you, Rabbi. Do you think that there is censorship in the church or the church is being censored? I, I don't know. I don't know if we're being censored or if it's just being used to bag certain causes. 
okay, I guess she did need the coffee today. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's it's censorship as we understand censorship. I think it's being used. I think there are certain um, demographics or certain entities that use the church to back what they want to say or to back their mission because if you can gather the church people, if you can get them to believe, then chances are it'll, it can be promoted or pushed through. Um, so maybe that is a form of, of censorship, controlling the narrative, when the church should be controlling the narrative instead of being used as a narrative itself. Wow. Okay. Well, Big B don't need to be had this morning, <laughs> does it? And Steph, what do you think? So, like, we talking about censorship in uh, in a whole as far as, like, a region? Or are we talking about, like, individual Well, just, just you hear a lot about, just in general, you hear about censorship. I'm being censored. They won't let me speak my, my piece and things like that. But then the church specifically starts to talk about censorship, like our views are being censored, the way we believe, the things we want to say. So, I, I would... I would say censorship. It would if if censorship takes place, it's happening within the individual churches. Okay, you know, by the leaders of the church of of something not being able to be expressed and talked about. Um, those are small forms of censorship. Yeah, so it's like, hey, no, we that's not something we need to address or something we need to talk about. We talked about it on previous shows of. Uh, you know, different things that probably should have been expressed inside the churches that haven't been expressed inside the churches. And it was due to like leaders and, and things like that of uh, of the, the, the areas and the directions that they want to take the church instead of exp- allowing them to express and talk about certain things that are areas of concern um, and areas of, 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 of issues that people deal with. And, you know, I and we would have to say that that is true. Then. So you would say more on an individual basis, like this church exactly. compared to that church. 100%. But not as like when we say the church is just being censored. No, not as a totality. Because, you know, like, unfortunately, unfortunately, we live in a society where we use all, you know, words like everybody and all. And really, our it's just based on our experience. So, like, if a woman says all men are trash, mm-hmm. are all men trash or all the men you mess with trash? You see what I'm saying? Right. Or things like that. So when somebody said, well, the church is being censored, when you say that statement, then you're making it seem like the whole church is being censored. Right. And, and then sometimes, and that's why I wanted to make that caveat at the beginning about I understand Eastern churches or churches in Middle Eastern countries and things like that. There is censorship there is where those are underground churches that they they have to worship in secret and things like that. So I'm not um, blind to that. But I'm basing it on what I see, what I hear, what I know when I watch the news and things like that. Right. But um, I want to real quick piggyback on something Stefan said because I w- this was a question I was going to have, so I guess I can ask it now. On the individual basis, do you think that because a lot of times some people in the church like to play, um, and I'm talking about leaders who have definitely, especially gotten into the political arena, like to be more victims that we just, and this builds on the straw man, where it's like we just got some laws passed that took away women's rights. 
we're still um, considered a Christian nation. We're we're starting to ban books, certain books, you know, that they don't want you reading. They they calling everything CRT when most people don't even know what CRT means. Right. So, is the church causing sense? Are some religious entities causing the censorship of what they don't like as and building a straw man to make it seem like well we're doing this because we're being censored as well too you get what i'm saying Steph? so it's like i i'm i'm oppressing you and telling you what you can and can't read what you can and can't teach because i don't want that to be taught to my child but in the interim i'm saying that i'm oppressed i'm being censored what i want to say you see what i'm saying so what do you think about that stuff? Yeah, I mean, censorship would be an individual thing anyhow. It's, I mean, we can go amongst a room of people and we can talk about one topic and everybody not might not be okay with talking about that topic. Like if, if, if certain things that we've talked about that we've talked about off mic, off mic that people wouldn't be okay with talking about. So that is a form of censorship to say, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. That's not something that, you know, I'm comfortable speaking about you know, within this room or in this dynamic. Okay, that's fine. So censorship would have to start with the individual. And if individuals are running the churches, then that spills out into the masses. Because if they're the leaders of the church and they've, they're already, no, I'm not okay with this topic or, or, you know, it's something that probably needs to be addressed and they don't want to talk about it, then, of course, that puts a, a you know, in a fork in, in that idea or that topic that needs to be uh, discussed. And that's why, you know, it's it's extremely important that um, topics and thir- uh, or certain things, and I said, ter- <laughs> yeah, I just turned. <laughs> you know, he need his coffee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that was definitely the coffee. I need a bean or two. <laughs> no, but, uh, so the, the things that need to be talked about, that's why it takes um, – a group of people and being led by God in these different areas, because the things that we don't want to talk about and address, we, it will be pressed upon us that it needs to be addressed versus saying, no, that's not something I want to talk about or not something I don't, don't want to deal with. It's a lot of things that I don't want to deal with, but I have to. And then once it is dealt with or expressed, then it's like, you know what? I'm happy that, that I finally come to that, you know, gotten that either that revelation or that conclusion on the matter feel a lot better about it no one of those kind of things absolutely what about you rabbi uh excuse me i don't think there's there's been no like council of nicaea meeting you know no gathering of all the bosses so to speak to censor that way but i do believe there's been like some kind of um, like mass acceptance that there are some things that the church shouldn't address because of the attention that it'll bring. Because there are consequences for telling the whole truth. You know, there are absolutely consequences for telling the whole truth. And I think sometimes these, there's, there's mass agreement um, to invoke censorship to protect what you have in order to keep it the way that it is. Because if the truth ever hit it, it's going to have to change. If the truth would hit some of these local assemblies, the leadership would change. Um, so in order to keep certain people in place, 
I think there has been a certain amount of censorship um, agreed upon to keep things um, the way they are. But the, the, so I'll say that the church is censored, but the body is free. Let me uh, sit on that for a minute. That I like that. Can you elaborate on that a little bit, Rabbi? Yeah, like we, people people get together and create churches. Absolutely. You know, God's not coming back for a church. So you can actually pretty much do what you want in there. You can say, this is what we're going to talk about. We're not going to talk about this. You can set up bylaws, you know, that, that give you certain parameters or that exclude certain things. You can say, we want these people. We don't want these people. Your, your assembly can be segregated. That's the church. You're free to do what you want. He's coming back for a body. That body is governed by certain principles that you cannot touch. You can't take any of the, you can't take any of the bylaws out. You can't add any. Before a jot or a tittle passes away, um, heaven and earth will. It stands. It is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. The body is free. You are free to move in all these parameters that have been set forth for you. And if you do it, you have power. You have authority. You can destroy the works of the devil. You can tread upon uh, serpents. You can drink any deadly thing and it won't hurt you. You can lay hands on the sick. They'll recover. There's freedom. There's liberty for you. There's no need to be censored. You have the truth. It'll work. Churches, they don't have to abide by that. You can do whatever you want. It's man-made. You set it up however you want. So, yeah, you, you may be censored. But the body of Christ that he's coming back for is free. 100%. <laughs> Man, Shonda out here dropping dimes. You see, you don't need that coffee. So just real. Still want my coffee. Oh, you still want your coffee. Right, that's a preference. <laughs> don't censorship this. <laughs> don't censor my coffee now. Hey, so real quick. Um, Oxford Dictionary um, defines censorship as the suppression or prohibition of any parts of a book of books films, news, etc., that are considered obscene, politically unacceptable, or a threat to security. So kind of what you just said, Shonda. But the part that I look at is things that are considered obscene or politically unacceptable. Are we, are, is, do a lot of churches just self-censor? Because, you know, it's just like you, we talked about, it's things that we choose not to talk about. Right, because it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. It's taboo. And I'm going to say this because I'm out here now. I think there are certain things that, that people censor themselves with because they can't explain why. Um, they can't explain it. And ignorance angers people. You know, ignorant to, to not know is frustrating. So I'm not going to talk about it because I can't explain it. I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want to get into it because you can't explain why you believe what you believe and why you do what you do. You can't explain it. So you censor yourself so that nobody understands how ignorant you really are. Because if, because, uh, if I don't say anything, people won't know. No. It's what? better to be thought of fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steph missed that. I see the shoulders start popping. He ain't heard that in a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. <laughs> What you think, Seth? A lot no, of self censorship going 100%, on. That that was that kind of refers back to my topic earlier. I mean, my my point earlier is that's where a lot of the censorship starts. Shana was a hundred percent right that it that was the that was literally the the conclusion of the topic is there is freedom in the body of Christ. 
But within the churches and within the individuals, you got to remember that the church is apprised of individuals. And each individual has decided things that they want to talk about, things that they don't want to talk about. And certain things I've learned when people don't have a lot of knowledge on a topic or they haven't experienced something, then to them, it is not worthy of talking about. So what you end up doing is, is people that have had these experiences and these different things, you censor them and saying, that's not something we need to address. We're talking about the book of Job today. Right. We're not talking about that or, or, you know, some other topics, whatever. I'm probably not synthesizing. my. Oh yeah. No, no, I I get what you're saying. No, I get, but it is one of these things. If you're going to censor yourself from, we not a church that do politics, then just don't do politics. If you're a church that's going to censor yourself from doing social justice, then just don't do social justice. But don't pick and choose. And then when everybody picks up that mantle and says, oh, well, we're free to start doing this now. Now, all of a sudden, now you want to censor. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we can talk about A, but we can't talk about B. Well, I can't talk about A without bringing up B, C, or D. You get what I'm saying, Steph? And, and that's where I, my issue comes in. So I, I've been getting y'all opinion, and I'm back to my more of my moderator role since Steph is here. But I kind of give my opinion since I've been having to give it more because me and Shonda <laughs> been doing it. But I feel as though that what the church has done is we, not the church, what a lot of leaders or people we call leaders or a lot of church organizations have done is to deflect from the issues that they have and what they're going through. They have built the straw man to say, we're being censored. We are not allowed to talk about this. These are the things we want to discuss. And these are the things that the, well, you could talk whatever you want inside your church. Like Shonda said, nobody's stopping you. But what you are, but what they're also doing is they're taking away and censoring with these books. Why, why is it now that they want certain books to be taken out of schools? I remember it was a controversy when I was in high school about um, uh, Mark Twain's book, um, Huckleberry Finn, because of the N-word, how many times it appeared in it. And, and black people said, well, no, it's part of the art. This is how they talk back right. then. Leave it in the book. Right. But if we continue, what we want to do is the censorship we want to do is whitewashing. We want to make things seem like there are no problems. There is no issues. Like Smith said in, um, in the matrix, the first matrix was a perfect world. There was no chaos. There was nothing going wrong. Unfortunately, you all ex- ex- rejected that crops were, <laughs> were destroyed because there's no such thing as perfection. We press towards that mark, but we will never obtain it. Right. You understand what I'm Absolutely. saying? So we have to, to understand and learn from the from the to, to not make the mistakes of the past. We have to learn from. Them. And what we've done is we begin to censor things that will help us understand the past better. We censor the things that challenge the status quo. I like that. You're saying it better than I did. Like, imagine, imagine this. Imagine you're at, we're at a picnic. Okay. Um, and there are about maybe, let's just say, 300 people. Okay. Everybody's just kind of sitting in their own spaces. You know, you've got found your cliques or your community. Okay. So everybody's huddled up. You're just right. having some conversations or whatever. And all of a sudden, you see one person who stands up and starts to dance. 
you don't hear the music, but the person is just dancing. Somebody's first instinct is going to be to sit that person down. Why do they need to sit down? Because now you feel uncomfortable just sitting there doing nothing because now they're having so much fun. They're free. They're free to do what they feel. They're free to move. They're free to dance. They're not bound or worried about what anybody else thinks or feels. They're just enjoying their moment. So you now, you have a couple of choices you can make. Either you can still sit there and, you know, hold back and not do anything, or you can get up and join the movement. You can start to express your own freedoms. That's what our freedoms are for. You are free, and the expression of your freedom allows another person to be free to express theirs. But when my freedom makes you uncomfortable, then you want to censor me, or you want to prohibit or inhibit my freedoms. Now my freedom makes you mad, so you want to censor me. That is how it usually starts, that somebody else's freedom makes you uncomfortable. Consider for a moment the homosexual agenda that I would like to see. People are angry at their expression of freedom. It makes you mad that they don't care about what you think. It angers you that it's no longer in the closet. It angers you that it's no longer hidden because people say, I can remember a time when you didn't do that out in public, when you kept that behind closed doors. That's not the day and time that we are living in. Everything, all the freedoms are coming to the surface because now you have to choose what kind of person you're going to be. Suppressing another person's freedom doesn't make your choice any easier. You still have to make the same choice about who you're going to be, regardless of what you see and hear. Censoring another person, not going to make your choice any better or any easier. Censoring another person, not going to change the dynamics. It doesn't change how you feel inside. It doesn't change it at all. Man, that was heavy. <laughs> I felt like I was in church for a minute. I was dude, you want me to got a couple of dollars in my pocket to put in the plate for you, Rabbi? But no, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, and, and you said that a lot more eloquently than I expressed it. But at the end of the day, I just see a lot of censorship going on in a lot of places. And the church as a whole isn't one of them. Because I still see the, I still see the same people talking about the things that they was talking about four years ago, 10 years ago, trying to overturn things that have made them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We got rid of Roe v. Wade. Now we're coming for, uh, they're coming for um, same-sex marriage. Now they're coming for um, contraceptives and things like that. You, you see what I'm saying? Now they're coming for school books. Mm -hmm. I saw where a teacher had gave uh, her kids a QR scan, a code that, if they clicked on the QR code, it would give them um, access to the New York City Public Library so they can get access to books that their school district has censored. And they wanted to fire this teacher. Well, why are we censoring these books? What are in these books that are making these teachers uncomfortable? Oh, they talk about CRT. Well, what is CRT? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and those are the straw mans that we build. Right. What is CRT? Y'all, I mean, that came out of nowhere. It, it really did. Like, it just kind of appeared yeah, really big. Just really big. And, and then, but then when you do the research, Steph, you find out CRT's been around since the early 70s. It was just a way to study law in law school. So they're not teaching CRT 
But like Shonda said, when you begin to talk about race in this country, when you begin to talk about the history of oppression of the natives and African-Americans, and then later the Irish and the Italians until they were integrated into the system, we start to see these conversations can make America seem like a racist country. And then we've just seen that this past week with the passing of the queen. When people wanted to start talking about the uh, co- the, col- the colonization right. of the, the British monarchy. And, and she still presided over that in, when she took over the crown. They still had countries that were being oppressed in Africa right. and gold and right. things like that. To, give Africa back its gold. Right. But yeah. then they'll be poor. Okay. Fair exchange. Ain't, Ain't no rob- robbery. Right. We we giving pot pot lyrics right now, Steph. (laughs) Roe v. Wade pulling uh, or repealing Roe v. Wade won't stop abortions. Um, Ending same sex marriage won't stop homosexuality. Pulling books from the shelves won't change what you did. You know, you shouldn't end. You shouldn't increase censorship. You should end it so that the truth can have its perfect work. Because you can't stop. You cannot stop truth. You just, it's infallible. You can't change it. You can't stop it. You can't alter it. Nothing you can do about the truth. Nothing except speak it. That was, I played a little longer for you, Steph. <laughs> I played that a little longer for you. So what do you think, Steph? No, I, I, I think that... You know, um, that's why it's important for us as individuals to really look at the things that we uh, talk about and the things that just even patterns, small things, right, Uh, amongst the conversations that we have amongst each other. And um, we look at the things that we talk about, and it really has no limit to what we talk about. We don't censor each no, other. No, we don't censor each other. And it's certain topics that I'm not really abreast to that you got, you all are, and I'll listen to them and I'll say, you know what, that, that allows me to to examine some of the areas of my own life to say, like, you know what, maybe I need to either uh, make, a, make a stance in it or just everything doesn't require my attention. Right. Right. And we think it does. Everybody feels like they need to fill a space up and they need to talk about something. They need to have an opinion on something. Certain things doesn't require an opinion from me. Right. Right. I can listen to something and I can say, oh, okay, well, that's okay. Right. You or know? or just think on it and say, well, I've never really delved I've into never, that or thought about it. But, I mean, if you like my opinion, let me think about it and I'll get back exactly. with you. But we mess up is when we think that we have to have an opinion on everything. Or have an opinion right at that moment. Exactly. And that usually requires us to sit back and to be analytical about something and to think on a topic or pray or even pray about it. So the topic was is is uh, censorship within the church. And the answer to that would be yes, because of the fact that we have individuals who aren't addressing certain things. Bam. So so it's, it's almost like, yeah, there's censorship, but not the censorship that we think. Is existing is what yeah. you're saying, Steph. Exactly. So it's censorship in small areas. We censor our kids from certain things when they're growing up. Absolutely. As parents, it's like they're not ready for those because their minds can't develop or understand. Right. And as they get in certain stages, all right, I'm not. It's not that we're censoring them 
because we don't want them to know. It's we're censoring them because they're not ready for those kind of conversations. And as they get in stages, we begin to have those conversations. Because it was certain, you know, like, you not we, you know, I mean, some parents let, but, you know, certain movies you weren't allowed to watch, R-rated movies, mm-hmm. until you got to a certain age. What would you say, Steph? I was just thinking that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like your parents, like, are y'all go to bed, and then they go watch whatever they go watch while y'all in bed, and you hear gunshots and right. this, and they kind of, I mean, you couldn't hear the conversation, but I'm pretty sure it was some colorful language in there, right. but you hear right. the gunshots, the cars booming, and all that other stuff. Then you get old, you be like, oh, this is what y'all was hiding That's from. Right. <laughs> this is what y'all didn't like want to. Jerry Maguire back to that. Like, yeah, I want to see what Jerry Maguire is about. Or if it was a movie right. they thought didn't have something in it, and then it pop up like, cover your eyes. Yep. Cover your eyes. And you got to be like, <laughs> you like this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> cover it. You know, that half covering it exactly. or looking like. Yeah. So, so, yeah. And, and sometimes censorship is good. So let me ask y'all that. Is it? I was just was about to ask. Is there instances where censorship is good, in your opinion? Like the example that you just gave. Okay. Like if you're watching something uh, with your kid, because I've done it. Like I've taken right. you into, you know, a movie, and you think it's, okay, this, this should be good. Right. And then something pops up, and you're like, oh, put your hand over, you know, oh, I put my hand over his face, like, okay. Because the introduction, of this into your spirit at this age it it incites the imagination in a way that you're not ready to handle all the things that could come out of it and you might not know what questions to ask all you know is that I feel something that I can't give voice to or things start happening that you can't interpret so am I setting him up for failure or am I setting him up to be seduced you know by spirits that he can't contain at that age because I allowed because because I didn't censor what he saw I think that happens all the time that we expose people to things that they weren't ready for emotionally or spiritually it's kind of like taking someone who just coming into the knowledge of Christ and throwing them into a uh, uh, angels and demons class you have now introduced them to a level that they haven't been spiritually clear to operate in so yeah i think some censorship is good but but it's not like you it's a permanent censorship it's, it's a not permanent temporary censorship it's temporary like oh let me prepare you for the exposure let's let's walk you let's walk you into this instead of like we not birds. We not birds. It's like, are we going to see if you can fly today? Exactly. <laughs> like how Kevin Hart said his daddy just pushed him in the pool. Like, right. you going to learn today. Right. What you think, Steph? So I've been watching a lot of, like, Game of Thrones, right? Okay. <laughs> By the way, that, that show, yeah, it just. It was way great. it ended. Yeah, it just, it just really upset. I you haven't wa- watched it. Oh, okay, go ahead. But I've also been watching, Um, I just started watching House of the Dragon, right? And it, it's been a, it's been a pattern. And like they had on the, the Game of Thrones, the original one, it was like a, it was a younger, like a, she was like a younger queen, but she was like the queen of all her people. It was like little lady Mormon or whatever. And she had like this tough skin. She was young. I want to say maybe 10 years old or something like that. And the pattern was every single person that had to rule 
the king or queen had to tell them everything. Although they weren't prepared for certain things. Mm -hmm. Like on the House of the Dragon yesterday, it was like, oh, well, we need to connect these two houses in order for us to. Spoiler alert <laughs> for those that's listening. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I just yeah, want to. Yeah, you're right. You know right. how some people yeah, be like, right. I, ain't I ain't come. Now you'd have messed up my House of Dragon. Right, right, right. <laughs> you're right. So, no, so it's like, yeah, one of those kind of things where it's like, you, you need to, to marry two houses, right? In order to marry two houses, you have somebody that's an older man. This is a younger woman, right? It's like, oh, well, she'll grow, right? But we need to connect these two houses. So within that, she's forced to learn all of this, all these things that she probably doesn't want to know because of the fact that she will possibly be in leadership one day or if something happens to the king or queen, now she is the king or the queen or king if it's a man or whatever. So... I feel like in order for somebody to be prepared for something, kids also, right, already know that none of you all will censor a topic to your kids. If they talk about something, you guys are going to elaborate on it. It's not going to be like, hey, it's not time to talk about that. You guys are going to elaborate on it. Yes, censorship is important in, within movies and TV shows and certain things like that when it comes to a young um sponge mind or, or just like a, a very vulnerable mind because they just take things in they don't understand what it is and they're looking at it wrong you and i can develop an opinion on something and say nah, that's not something i need to be i need to allow to go into my spirit or that's not the kind of music i need to listen to because i know what kind of emotions that's going to incite so i probably shouldn't listen to that right right as a kid and somebody that's learning you have to develop these awarenesses about yourself but does censoring or or uh, avoiding a topic, does that do anything for the growth of the individual? No. So I look at it like it is important that we talk about certain things that are uncomfortable. And that means almost everything, depending on what it is, if you want to talk about it, if it's the time to talk about it, if it pops up, not to just say, oh, let's just bring these topics up. If they come up. They need to be dealt with and they need to be discussed and they need to be talked about. Somebody is having those kind of things that you're saying like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's making me feel some type of way. Well, what kind of feelings does it? Those are natural. These are the things that you need to be aware of within this area. And if it's anything you want to talk about, let's talk about that. Kids are one thing, adults are another because it's a lot of things that adults were censored in and they still don't want to talk about to this day. And those are the things that create a hindrance. You said it earlier, Sean, that there is freedom in God. And I've experienced some of that freedom. And I'm still experiencing more of it more and more every single day. So that area of me experiencing that requires me to strip away those guards that I have and those areas that I don't want to talk about or those areas that I don't want to express. God wants me to talk to him about everything. So that makes me say, is this okay to talk about, talk, you know, to, to have this conversation with God about? People used to say back in the day, you can't question God. Oh, yeah, that ain't true. <laughs> that ain't true. <laughs> that is not true. So does somebody censor my relationship with God? Yes. Because they said you shouldn't ask these kind of questions to God. So they literally put that exact same idea on me, and I developed the ideology with Well, they put their censorship. Onto you, the exactly. things that they were maybe told and censored, they put their censorship on you. What you think about that, Rabbi? You know, we have we have freedom. We have freedom in Christ. 
but that freedom doesn't enable us to just do everything. You know, you don't get to do everything. You you are free to do. Not everything is unlawful. You know, everything is lawful, but not but everything. Not right. So there's it. It may not be against the law. This might not be wrong. Like I'm not censoring um, your knowledge, but I am censoring your experience. You know, you can learn about whatever you need to learn about, but you can't do that. You can see other people doing everything, but there are just certain things we can't do. Um, we can talk about anything. Like, I don't have any topics that I want to address with my kid, especially if, if he brings it up. Uh, because if he bring it up, it came from somewhere. So, yeah, now we've got to talk about it. Um, but you can't do it just because we're talking about it. You know 100%. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and then yeah, we don't avoid any any topics, uh, but we do absolutely censor experiences. But once you become an adult, uh, or that journey to adulthood, then you have to release some of that censorship and start to explain, um, even even the things in in the spirit, or even the things that are uh, church related. You have to explain to people what it is they're seeing. Uh, versus what it should be. Because sometimes church is just like TV. You have to distinguish between what, what's reality and what's CGI, you know, or what is, what's made up. Um, like that, okay, I heard what you said, but that's not what the word says. That's not what that means. We have to do that even, even, in, even in the church, which is the sad part. So we all have to be aware. We all have to be awake. And I think we've gone through life just sleep. Just allowing things to just happen, allowing people to tell us anything, allowing history to be rewritten, and we're just blindly just walking along like, hey, it's not happening. Oh, well, they don't talk about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. We at this table have never been known for that. And just, just think about all the things that we've talked about and how much freedom we all have when we come here and we talk to each other. That it's that that peace. It's like you know what I can go here and I can, like we literally have church here. We fellowship. Yeah, this Absolutely. is fellowship. This is we fellowship. call this church. Yeah, so it's yeah. nothing that we feel like we can't talk. It about. Might end up being our church if we keep going down the road. <laughs> we going down. So I've learned. I've learned that the topics you talk about can't be used for you in secret, right? Mm -hmm. So those areas that you talk about that you really, um, I got a question about this, and and it's really nobody to talk to. Because it's like, then this person is going to develop this opinion, that kind of opinion, mm -hmm. that opinion. So then you come here and you can talk about it. Now it's like, oh, you had that though too? Oh, mm -hmm. you had, I, I got it now. So now in private, it is no longer an issue. Right. Because we were able to express it and talk about it here. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, yeah, I think people hear our freedom. And it helps them walk in their freedom. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, people need to understand they're not alone. There are people who have struggled with homosexuality, people who have had abortions, people that struggle with fornication, adultery, mental health, um, um, dealing with social justice. I'm just thinking of some of the topics that we've talked about talked about off the top of my head you see what i'm saying so there are things and there are topics and the, the whole premise and my whole vision when i started this podcast was to talk about things that i felt like that the church had a blind spot for avoid things that we weren't talking about in the church 
things that I felt were important, things that I felt that people needed to express themselves openly about and not feel judged. And I, and that's the one thing that I've always appreciated about us is that if I'm struggling with something and I call Shonda, Shonda not going to be sitting here like, oh, you going to hell. It's a no judgment zone. Steph is the same way. Steph yeah. can call me and Steph, try to talk every morning and pray together. And we might talk about, you know, we might um, shoot the breeze for about 10 minutes. But then, you know, man, I've been dealing with this. I'm struggling with this. I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing that. Bro, I'm about to get off of this. I'm about to get off. Of, you you see what I'm saying? And it's like, I mean, I understand if I'm struggling, I'm a fast from this or I'm a juice or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, so I'm always um, appreciative of these conversations because the thing is, this is a no censorship zone on on this show. Like, I, I mean, any topic, y'all can come and be like, we need, you know, let's talk about this. And I'll be like, all right, cool. Let's be write down some questions, do a little research, here, right. and we'll go to it. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I know you got a uh, bounce, staff. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but you know what? We, we're glad that you're back. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be back. Hollywood. <laughs> now, don't start that. Now. He's on his way, about <laughs> to get paid. He's going on to Hollywood. <laughs> don't listen to this. Hollywood. <laughs> this is exactly how he calls my phone. He literally, he, he, he greets me with song every day. Yeah, because he, he, you Hollywood. But I love you. I'm proud. No, before you go, though, yeah. me and Shonda going to finish this up but before you go i just want you to know i love you i'm proud of you appreciate it everything so that proud. you're accomplishing um you always gonna be a part of this family i know you're gonna be here more but you've been tying yourself up uh-huh. in these jobs and me and shonda told you that either you need to sit down or you're gonna get sat down yeah, yeah you know shonda just told me that <laughs> now i'm thinking about it I want her to censor that comment. <laughs> you want me to take that off the podcast? <laughs> no, that wasn't even on the podcast. Oh yeah, no, that was free that was that was pre-show. Yeah, and we didn't because we had to start so soon. We didn't have our normal pre-show. No, and then me and Shonda didn't have coffee, so you know it's weird because your brain just feels weird when you don't have coffee. It's like, yeah, no, it's just not firing. Like my on routine something. is off. Yeah, it's not firing on all cylinders. It's like, yeah, once you drink the coffee, lot unlock something. Yeah, it just didn't unlock that. It just wasn't giving what it was supposed to give. <laughs> so, well, we appreciate you uh, joining us this morning, bro. I love you. All right. Yeah, so um, did you have anything else you wanted to to go off, Shonda, before we hit this block is hot? Um, I, I just think we need to be careful um, censoring the word of God. I, I don't think we need to censor it at all. I think what we need to censor when it comes to the word of God is people who misuse the word of God. And when I say censor, meaning correct it. Yeah. Because I remember we did the one show about scriptures that are misused. Mm -hmm. But I think that, and that goes even back to that. If you've been told a scripture means something your whole life, when the minute somebody tells you that's not what you think it means, mm-hmm. that can be jarring. And you shook. You shook. But that should tell you that you've done no research of your own. At all. You've just been taking what has come and you have made this priest, prophet, and king. <laughs> you have to do some research on Study your own. Study to yeah. show thyself approved. Absolutely. And also even understand because... 
I've been trying to lately start to look up more first and second century Jewish literature, just literature okay, to understand what they were thinking in the first and second century, because I can't read the Bible as a 21st century Christian. Right. Cause it wasn't written because it wasn't written for me. Right. I have to read it as I was a first or second century Jew. Mm-hmm. So what, what was their mindset? If they heard about a, Example, I, and this we're still on the censorship, but I was having a conversation with my uncle, and we talked about like the serpent in the garden. And I, I've started to believe that I don't believe it was a snake, but I also believe this: when they used to counsel with God, now Shonda, when the serpent spoke to Eve, she spoke back, which means what? When we when we see the Bible talks about the sheriffins and they. They're crying out, holy, holy, and and all this other stuff. That means that they can speak. Mm-hmm. So when they were, Eden was just a meeting place where they met God. So they were dwelling in other places. So they would probably go to Eden and see supernatural things happen. See sheriffs and things flying around and worshiping the God. So the talking serpent wasn't something new to them. Because if a serp, if I, if I'm just one day. One of the beasts from the field just start talking and ain't never talked. Mm-hmm. What is there to communicate about? I need right. to talk to God right. <laughs> because this ain't never happened before. Right. But if this is something that's not unusual, mm-hmm. then when they begins to talk to you, you will have the you'll have the conversation. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But when you when when you tell somebody that who's just been like, I mean, they just start talking to a snake and you be like, like that's what they did. This this wasn't the first time. That they heard this. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? So it's just the understanding of what a first or second century Jew would have thought. Like, there are some things that when you read the Bible, you'd be like, oh, this is a fairy tale. When they talk in Job about uh, Leviathan, Mm -hmm. like, tail as big as it is and it's breathing. It's almost like it's describing a a dragon. Right. People don't really understand because they haven't done um, the, the research that the serpent had legs, it walked. Right. You know, that part of the curse was on your belly, you know, shall you be, like, for eternity. So um, you just thinking, like, the serpents look like they look now just because, no, it hadn't always looked like that. Right. And, and, uh, so, yeah, so that, but, so that's the thing where, to me, the censorship needs to be, like, we need to make sure that people who are misrepresenting the word of God, misrepresenting the heart of God. Um, because I, I got, I'm going to share this with you off mic, but I got a revelation the other day while I was running last Sunday, but that's off mic. Cause I don't want nobody stealing my idea yes. when I put it out there, <laughs> you know, into intellectual property. I got to keep my IP. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, so I just think that we need to make sure that people aren't misrepresenting the word of God. And it's a lot of that. But go ahead. I I, I kind of cut you off when you oh, talk no. about censorship. I I just think we we don't need to censor um, the word of God. I think when if, and if God gives you something to say, don't censor it just because there's no widespread conversation happening about it. Um, I think that the time that we are in now, I think that the truth of who God is and the truth of His word is challenging censorship. So it's going to be a lot of things coming out. Well, God, God, God challenged Jesus challenged censorship. 
Jesus was against the status quo. Jesus was the one dancing in the picnic amongst the 300 people. Right. And when he started dancing, then they wanted to be like, well, what does this mean? Why do you do that? Well, all right, if you think you know, then what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And, and you know, trying to catch him up. And you have to understand when you walk in freedom, people will do whatever they can to shackle you. So... Love that beat. Love that beat. You know what that means, Shonda? The block is hot. The block is hot. So what you got? Well, you know what? I really, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I watched um, the, the show Hunk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. And I have heard so much about it. And I do believe that everybody should watch it. Um it it is loosely based on Bishop Eddie Long, and um, I've heard so many things of, about the show, and I I think it's it's a little bit satirical, almost. But I think everybody should watch it, so you get a really good idea. Um, I think shows like this kind of challenge the perception that the church has in the world or how people really see the church. And I think one of the things that stood out to me in this movie was the way women are expected to be in churches when things go bad or when, when their husbands uh, make mistakes. Um, she was at the table having this conversation with her mom and explaining that I don't know. Spoiler I alert. This. Yeah. And she was in essence told that's not very Christian of you to feel like um, you can't stay. Let me tell you something. If you find yourself in a situation um, and, and, and God's nowhere around anymore and you're being spiritually abused, emotionally abused, or physically abused, there is absolutely nothing wrong with removing yourself from that situation. Why do we try to force people to stay in situations that are spiritually detrimental to them just to keep face just to save for aesthetics i'm sick of it i just wanted to get that off. she had to get that off her chest I, to get that off my chest. I understand well i don't have anything today <laughs> that was 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 that but we'll just leave that hot fire for now as our block is hot segment Well, that was a good conversation, Rabbi. I enjoyed uh, Steph being back. He won't be able to give his uh, closing statement, but what you got for us? Um, I'm going to close with a scripture, actually. Hit it. Um, Romans 1, 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So don't censor the truth. God sees it. He hears it. And he will avenge it. Man, man, man. You just dropping gems. Um, real quick before I close out, um, just want to give a shout out to my cousin, Nicole Flanagan. Hey, Nicole. Me, me and Shonda were on her YouTube show um, about two weeks ago now. Um, so just check her out. It's called uh, Introspect with Nicole Flanagan. It's on YouTube. 
Um, I was on there a couple previous episodes and she asked me to bring Shonda on and now she I, she thinks she's going to steal Shonda from me. And I told her, you know, it, it ain't happening. So I just want to give her a shout out um, and tell our audience to just uh, give her a, a look and just check her out. She's a awesome woman of God doing some great things. And uh, talk, her show's a little different than ours, but just go ahead and uh, check her out. Um, so I'll just close with this. Um, at the end of the day, my favorite way to start off something. At the end of the day, we can't grow and we can't proceed when we continue to put up barriers of ignorance. We must allow the walls of ignorance to be torn down. And the way we allow the the ignor the walls of ignorance to be erected is by suppressing people's knowledge and understanding. Because as the statement is often said, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. So we have to understand that the truth has to set us free. And we all have to have our eyes open and the scales removed. So with that being said, I just want to thank you all for listening to another episode of The Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you for listening and God bless.